Welcome back to episode 228 of the Two Drunk Podcast. Today we got, we're going to recap the college football playoff semifinal that happened this past weekend. We're also going to cover the college football championship, do preview, kind of a deep dive into that whole game. Probably one of the first weekends or the first weekend that we've ever just done a sport with just one game. So that should be interesting. We are also going to talk about the insane NFL playoff race that is going on as well as give our uh, NFL picks and a whole lot more. So with that being said, football season or bowl season rather has always treated the boys nicely. We finished so far. I say finished. We got one more game left, but we are up 11.1 units in bowl season which is insane. Uh, and then we finished just smidgely in the positive in the NFL last week. We're up 1.1 in NFL now. So where would they not? I know we're probably still down, but where would that put us in college football overall? If we're up 11 units bowl season, I know we were down like 20 ish, but we are down 6.88. Yeah. That is the recovery from hell right there. 10 unit max play this week. Get us okay, yeah, yeah. on the air. Sounds like a, Sounds like a seven-unit, uh, seven-unit play to get you into the green. I got a couple sprinkling binks, so I, I got a few different plays. I think it'd be interesting. So, well, we'll see. I think we might have some differentiating opinions, but that's what it's all about. With that being said, <clears throat> we'll just jump right into it. The college football playoff semifinal. Uh, we had the Rose Bowl that kicked things off. Michigan won it twenty-seven twenty in OT. Uh, insane. What a way to start the last 14 playoff that we'll have. I thought Michigan was dead in the water after they went down 17-13. Didn't score the entire second half until they tied it late in the game. Just outrageous game. Uh, Yeah, it's crazy thing about it. We wouldn't have needed overtime if their kicker didn't blow uh, because he had missed the extra point and missed the field goal. Um, they were down by four points at that point, uh, but – what a, just an absolute melt by Alabama. Like typical to me, in my opinion, like I know they couldn't do much offensively most of the game, but we did in that, in that moment in time, like when you get the ball back and you're up, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I, I just think that there's, it was a melt all around. And then just to lay down, you oh, surrendered 13 points all game in Michigan. You know, to march on the field and score a touchdown. I just, that was weird, man. It was weird. Totally anti-Nick Saban. For sure. But I don't, he didn't miss the extra point. It was a bad snap, wasn't it? Whatever. Their their special teams unit missed. Did not capitalize I, was, I didn't know if I saw it wrong, but either way. Uh, yeah, their special teams unit in general, which is something that we could talk about. Um, mm-hmm. Returning punts. It's been an issue not outside of the two games that we've seen, but all year long in NFL. Yeah. Well, listen. Yeah. I could be a special teams coach. I'm I'm pretty certain of it. If the ball is inside the 10-yard line, let it go. Don't even try to catch it. Yeah. Don't even attempt to catch it. If or, it looks, get the fuck out of the way. To your point, it's same shit's happened in the NFL this year. Now in the NFL, you can fair catch kickoffs. I've seen Braxton Berrios did it last week, but I've seen like five times where kickoff's going to go out of bounds, and they fucking signal for the fair catch, and then it goes out of bounds. But since you fair caught it, you don't get it to 40, you get 25. Um, it's just like special well, teams. Russ all, all said he caught it and then jumped out of bounds with yeah. it. Like he, he caught yeah. it running out of bounds. I'm like, just stop. 
Just let yeah. it go. It's going to go out of bounds. Yeah. I don't know, dude. It's, I mean, you had the one with the mission, like Michigan's punt or special teams was just they got abys- abysmal. If that yeah. thing goes in the end zone, they lose the game. Yeah. I thought it, yeah. You could have split hairs there, but I know it's like where the it did not plane go was at. The end zone. It was close. It was close. He might have he might have ventured in the end zone, but that ball never did. That ball was he was in the end zone. The ball was out barely. But but yeah, I it was you. it was wild. Um, and that right there is why we got Alabama instead of Florida State in the playoff. And I think the ratings and everything kind of showed why. Oh yeah, I kind of did that. I kind of have a I kind of have a hot take. I thought the Rose Bowl was better than the Sugar Bowl. I mean, they're, mm. they're, they're both were banger games in my opinion. I thought they it was more fun. Were. I thought the I thought the Sugar Bowl was more fun football to watch. Yeah, I agree. I have a, I have, yep. I have a problem with the times. I have a problem with the times. Yeah, the time was brutal. That I I was like dozing off like in the third quarter there of the Sugar Bowl game. I'm like, oh my god, I've been <laughs> so fucking tired. Imagine the start East that- yeah, if we're doing that, like we got to start that. I understand the Rose Bowl game is always first because Carly was like, "Why did they play the game in California first? I'm like, well, "It's always earlier in the day. That shit needs to start at like two thirty or three o'clock, and then if you're doing it on New Year's Day like that, and then the second one needs needed needed to start at like seven. If it's going to be on a Saturday, that's fine. But it was a Monday. Yeah, almost everyone had to go back to work the next day. Yeah, and also if you're brutal. trying to keep tradition. Why is that the part of the tradition you need to keep by making the Rose Bowl earlier in the day? Like they got lights. It's, I know it's, it's LA always, traffic. I don't care. Yeah. If if it's I, a market issue, if it's like a a ratings issue, switch them around. Make or like you said for anything, make them both earlier in the day. So then, because well, like you said, if you were dozing off, the people on the East Coast where it's twelve forty five and the game's still going on, I can't imagine. If I was still living in Virginia, I would have been in bed. Yeah, because oh, sure. it was fun. It was it was fun in the beginning, but then like you got it, it was kind of like a it was kind of a little bit dull in the third quarter, and then it really picked up steam in the fourth, obviously. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was just I had problems with the times, but I also thought the Rose Bowl was a better game. Like to watch two legendary coaches duke it out like that uh, to me was fun fun to watch, and then just how it ended, of course, which I called that fucking quarterback draw from a mile so I, I told Car- I've Carly seen, I was like this is coming I've seen like the the breakdown of that I don't think it was supposed to be yeah the snap was so low the running back was out in the flats wide open but he yeah. didn't have enough time to turn and look at him and so he just panicked and went and he also hit the wrong hole anyway I don't yeah, know he, well, he, I don't know if Saban though I, was he just trying to save his ass then with it in the post game presser because he said in the post game post game presser that that was their play call and they just missed a block is is what he said so I don't know if he was just trying well, to save he, his players. It was and, a play call. He could have he could have read that if that was covered up. Then he should have taken off. Right. Yeah. I guess if it was open. an RPO. Yeah. Yeah. The guy in the flats was open, but either way, his run was not great. He just dove into the fucking lineman. <laughs> Yeah, his fucking thigh hit his lineman's thigh. I'm sure that that hurt like a bitch. But I mean, Michigan, uh, JJ McCarthy to me is a horrible quarterback. Jim Harbaugh said after the game that he's the best quarterback in Michigan history. <laughs> Tom Brady played there. 
I would say Tom Brady played there. Like, let's fucking <laughs> I wouldn't say he's, I would not say he's horrible by any yeah, stretch. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I will say though, out of the two games, the two better quarterbacks were in the later game by far. Yeah, I think Ewers and and uh, obviously Michael Penix were leaps and bounds better than McCarthy. he also has. The also also those two quarterbacks have an outrageous amount of talent around them at the wide receiver position. Also, whereas true. Yeah. Michigan's wide receivers less than stellar. That yeah. Yeah. Uh, number eighty two Morgan guy dropping passes, literally bullets right in his hands <laughs> and just dropping yeah. them. Like can't I will be, say can't be having that. To J.J. McCarthy's credit, and a reason that he'll probably still get drafted in the first round or early second, is that the dude has been arguably the most consistent quarterback in college football over the last three years. He's thrown for over 3,500 yards for three straight years, um, minimal interceptions, a lot of touchdowns from that point. But uh, I just disappeared and came back. Hello, everybody. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what you said. No, I, I, yeah. I hear you. He's he's definitely not like a playmaking game changer quarterback. He's very much a game manager quarterback the kind of guy. He's kind of like yep. your Tom Brady. He's not going to make you fly. Tom Brady has made some flashy plays, and I think JJ McCarthy is can do that too in instances. But with the point being said, he also played Alabama's defense. The other two defenses were yeah, okay. Suspect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with that being Texas, said, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, oh no, go ahead. Cause I was going to roll into the sugar bowl. Oh, I was going to say, I think, well, this is kind of a little sugar bowl. I think Texas and Washington, the conferences they're going to, they have a very, they better get the defenses fucking coached up big time. Uh, because Absolutely. I, th- I think sec and big 10, they're going to have a lot more trouble moving the ball as freely as they're used to in the pac 12 and the big 12. And it showed really, cause neither of the defenses could stop a thing. Hence the Sugar Bowl. I'm sure Travis won't talk about this. Washington, like Carly, fell asleep because like she was really, really invested in both these games. She fell asleep, woke back up, and she thought Washington had it in the bag. And then she saw Texas driving down the field. She goes, "What's happening?" I was like, "I don't fucking know." <laughs> well, so um, to start off, I thought after so I mean Washington scored first drive, obviously. Then Texas scored really easy. We've seen how Washington defense can be and how suspect they were. I thought after that first drive, I was like, oh God, here we go. They're not going to be able to stop a fucking anything all game long. They settled in, locked in, and then they're going into halftime tied after the the muffed punt and then the turnover on downs and then they still were tied. I had hope for them in the second half for sure. Uh, But then they they went up 13 early in the fourth quarter and what they do? They got greedy and the, or conservative and they started trying to run clock trying to get the game out of there and then next thing you know oh shit here we go now it's a one score ball game we're only up six points and here's the controversy that i want to talk about dylan johnson they decided to run the ball he got injured with 45 seconds left yep. it's it's tricky because i don't think that should stop the play clock it should stop it at the time, and then yep. it should keep running when they come. From I agree. Ball. That's garbage. It's a rule. It's a rule. If you have yeah, an well, injured player under two timeouts. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, if it's a rule, sure, but should it be a rule? I think it was the question here. You have to know in that, in that, in that, you have to have the situational awareness. I understand these kids are amateurs and not professionals, but you have to have fucking have your teammates pick you up and get you off the field, roll off the field. I don't care what you got to do. Roll to a sideline. You get carded into the locker. You didn't even get to celebrate yeah. with them. 
I was gonna say too. He's I playing think that, though. So how? So how serious was he? He's playing this week. But if you but say you have a guy who fucking breaks his leg in half, like, come on, you. right? That's a little. And also at the moment you don't a little much. Yeah, I was saying at the moment you didn't really know. And as we've seen before too, you talked about like players picking him up and carrying him off. They'll blow the whistle for that too if they see that you have any sort of injury, even if you're trying to get him off the field, they immediately blow that shit dead. Yeah. Um, so unless he's getting off the field on his own power, that's a different story. But clearly that one too, and he's right in the middle of the field, which sucked. Had he caught something on the sideline or gotten clipped on the sideline and could have like crawled his ass off. Sure. Yeah. But that one's tough. And that's why to Travis's point, it's weird that it's a rule. They can't help that they get injured in the moment. Stopping the clock during it. Absolutely. Picking it right back up once they're good to go. Don't know why that's not a thing. I get, I get the the premise of wanting to get the first down and then kneel out the clock and not wanting to punt the ball back at all. However, to Kalen DeBoer's freaking coaching strategy, you think okay, we you because you can hike it, take three seconds, kind of stand in the backfield and then kneel it. They could have been very, very, very close. Rather than the twelve seconds they would have had, they probably could have had like two. But instead, they decided to run it, which they hadn't been running the ball very well all game long. Um, I think they should have. Obviously, hindsight's twenty twenty. But regardless of the fact, you just got to kneel that ball out. You cannot attempt to try to run it, maybe fumble it. When they punted that ball back, I was like, here we go. They're going to lose. I Yeah, I think uh, – yeah, I thought that they were going to lose too. I will say Washington's red zone defense was particularly good in the second half, especially on that final drive. Like they had like the bend but don't break mentality like that we see a lot of NFL teams employ when they have a, a, a two-score lead in the final in the final quarter. Uh, so to their credit, like I, I don't want to take anything away from the Washington defense because they locked the fuck up. I mean, fucking Texas had three plays inside the – 10 yard line and they didn't score. So very, very impressive. They had three plays right after that one guy caught it when I bounced or it was just two after that. They ended, they ended up having a full, the, that final play. Oh, yeah, was they did go down. fourth down. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, full so, yeah, fourth, fourth down four and downs, four downs goal inside goal. the five yard line. Yeah. So I think it ended up being at the defense. 10 uh, after they have like a penalty or something. Play. They were at, they were at the the final play was okay. at the thirteen yard line because they had they could still yeah. get a first down technically. Um, but I remember that, no, but that one guy caught it. Yeah, the one guy caught it when I bounced to three. So they had like one or two downs there from the third from the three yard line, I think, or maybe just one. But anyway, what I'm saying is like that's championship teams. Like that's just shit that they do to win games. Like yeah, you can't let we know we can't let this guy in the end zone. We're fucking up one score, six points. So um, it just overall. Incredible games, um, and like Travis said, the they could not have asked for a better way to go out on the 14 playoff. I'm so glad we're going to 12 next year. I think it's going to be amazing, um, and I think we'll talk about the scheduling of it because I, lo- I they released a schedule, and the way they're doing like the 12 team playoff is pretty interesting because I think there's like a Friday game, a Saturday game, a Sunday game. Uh, maybe I can't remember how they're doing it, but it was yeah, or a couple a couple they, of friends. for that first round, and then they they jump into the second round is. Um, like all the New Year's six games and then jumping into the the semifinals. But, but yeah, no, great games. Um, super entertaining, just like I think we all thought. And I think that this uh, how fitting of it to have two the last two undefeated teams left in college right. football going in the national championship game. Number one and number two seed. So let's talk about that. 
It is Monday, 6.30 Central Time. Uh, Michigan opened as the favorite. They are four and a half point favorite. The total is 55 and a half points. Um, let's dive into everything. I'll start kicking off. I'll try not to ramble on too long. Um, <clears throat> takeaways from previous games, Washington slung the ball. Penix had 430 yards. He looked very impressive. However, I feel like they had some issues with the offensive line. A lot of the plays were extended by Michael Penix, slide around the pocket, making things out of nothing. Usually isn't a mobile quarterback. He showed his legs off some against Texas. However, I'm not sure how successful he'll be doing that against Michigan, who sacked Jalen Monroe five times in the first half on Monday. What do you yeah, think it's, about it's that? Total, yeah. I think mm-hmm. Michael Penix is a little bit of a better athlete than Jalen Milrow in terms he's harder to take down. Like I think Jalen uh, Milrow a lot of times, faster to his credit, like, but he's faster. He also is, I think a little bit more scared because of his size. Like I think he, he, I, I saw him kind of like ease up in, in, in my opinion, on plays when he could have like continued to run and extend the play, like he almost just like fell down and kind of took, took the sack to avoid turning the ball over. Very, very smart. We knew it was going to be deep into struggle. I don't think Michael Penix is going to do that. He's a big body dude, a little bit bigger, a little bit tougher to bring down. I think he's a better overall athlete than Jaden, than Jalen Milrow in terms of throwing on the run. Cause Jay, Milrow can't throw with clean pocket hardly at all. Um, let alone on the run. I but, think Penix is going to be a little better about evading sacks and extending plays than the road to be. But his offensive line is a significant, not significantly, but noticeably worse than Jalen yeah. Milrow's offensive line. <laughs> I was going to say the, the big thing for me, because I actually wrote it in my notes, is I, one, wouldn't be surprised if we saw a lot of batted balls at the line of scrimmage um, for Michigan's defense. And by a lot, I mean like two or three. It's not like they're going to, you know, come out and get one every other time, but more than you might usually see with Washington's offense, because I think that line's going to collapse a little bit quicker. So even if he does get the ball out, you might see that ball get batted around. I would not be surprised to see Michael Penix throw a pick um, because when you got guys that are gunslingers like that and you're getting the ball out of the pocket quick, um, you're going to have, and maybe not even necessarily a mistake, but you're just going to take shots that maybe you don't normally take, especially depending on game situation. Um, and to Travis's point, I, I don't think he's as well. I mean, we already discussed he wasn't as mobile, but I think that he's more susceptible to sacks than, uh, Jalen Milrow was. And so I'm not, again, not saying that Washington's going to struggle like Alabama did at the line of scrimmage, but I think that they could. And I think that we might see some mistakes as a result. You've got, you've got two different teams, like kind of just opposing, uh, strengths going up against each other it's a really interesting style like styles make fights styles make games you've got a team that's a gunslinging team in michael Penix going up against the number two ranked pass defense in the entire country texas was the 105th mind you um and then you've got a really good rushing team in michigan who has blake quorum and not so great of a run defense in washington so it's it's tough I, to see. Yeah. The one what? caveat I will say to the, the Michigan side, because I've talked a lot about Washington's weaknesses, and I've talked about a lot about how I think that they could struggle at the line. Um, but one thing I will say is Michigan has not faced an offense like Washington yet. I, in my opinion, I, I don't think that Ohio State, 
I definitely don't think uh, Alabama Iowa. and I don't think Penn State, Iowa, like those good teams that they did play are nowhere compared to Washington. But I will say as good of their defense is, I think that they hold strong, but I could see them bend a lot more than they did against teams like Alabama. I think oh, it's going to be a lot. They're going to they're going to move the ball, but I I wanted to kind of argue that point. They might not have seen an offense like Washington, but Washington has not seen a freaking fraction of the defense that Michigan has. Yes. That's very true because I mean Oregon Fair. didn't have it. Uh USC definitely didn't fucking have it. Do they play USC this year? To Surely your point to, right? to the points about offensive defense though and like why Washington's Defense is probably ranked so low. Again, I don't think Michigan's offensive firepower is nearly what it, what some of uh, the other Pac-12 teams that they play are. USC, um, we you know UCLA. Even I mean, we make fun of Colorado, but they had a lot of weapons. So I just think it's it's this is why bowl season is so amazing because you get you get two different conferences that have two different types of stylist to Travis point like styles you know big tents defense heavy you know your your quarterback doesn't have to be a game changer king he can be an excellent game manager as long as you have, as long as you have a good running attack whereas you go to the pac 12 and 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 uh big 12 it's more slinging the ball you know defense is more bend don't break you're you're a lot you're gonna let up you know 10 15 yard passes keep everything in front mm-hmm. of you um so it'll be interesting to see what michigan does i think michigan will try to press a lot because I think they're going to try to get get pressure. I think they're going to stack the box, bring bring some guys down, um, some safeties down to try to try to blitz and, and put some pressure on, on Penix. And if one of those stud receivers they have on the outside are, are able to break, and Penix has got a cannon, and they can get behind the defense, like I think then Michigan's like, oh shit, we have to respect these people a little bit more. So I think it's going to take one big play early for Michigan to not be so aggressive and press and try to you know press uh, Penix. And then we'll start. We'll see a different game. It's going to be very interesting. I'm, I'm very excited to watch it. It'll be fun for sure. Like I said, they're not going to lock him down. They're, he's going to move the ball. They have two to three like pro style ready corners though on their team that I think can do a decent enough job. They do also. Washington has two to three pro ready wide receivers. Uh, Romo Dunze, Jalen Polk, Jalen McMillan. They're all good. Uh, one big thing that I looked at when I saw this game, though, was Washington's inability to tackle and bring people down uh, close to the line of scrimmage. After they get past that first level, they're getting lumps and lumps of yards. Blake Corum over 104 and a half yards is going to be probably one of my favorite bets. I like his under because he's only had over 100 yards twice this whole year. You know, we just talked about it, under. though. We just talked about it though. A lot of lot of better defenses that they played compared to what Washington's defense is. So I hear you, but I, I liked his over too. That was that was one thing. They allowed I, Washington allowed over six yards per carry on the ground last week. And I think if Texas runs the ball more, they might win that game because their running back had only nine carries for sixty yards. It's just Blake Corum's gonna get hit. twenty. It's only it's concerning he's only hit that number twice. I mean, and it's also it's also going to depend on, on how the game script goes. If if Washington somehow jumps out to an early lead, then Michigan's probably going to panic and not run the ball as much. I understand. I get the, get the logic here. I just I look at the I look at the data and I understand Big Ten defenses are better, but when you have a guy that's only hit two hundred yard games all year long and his over is one hundred and four and a half, it's kind of it's just it's tough for me to be like that's my favorite bet. 
I'm not saying I hit all my props for this past weekend. Looking at them, that was the first thing that jumped my mind, especially after looking at Washington. Um, the the thing that stood out most is the fact that even you said they Michigan might panic. Michigan had four minutes to drive down the field on that last possession, down seven, and they were still running the football. I don't think they're going to panic. Um, I don't think it's going to get. They're going to be down more than ten four points at most. We have 10 units to play with here on one game. I mean, I guess we can put out as many as we want, but if we're keeping the trend, you know, we've got, we've got a lot of room to work with. So if we wanted to even throw a unit on that, you know, it's, it doesn't have to be our favorite play of the weekend, but um, I I did like it for that same reason. Travis, just like the amount of yards per carry, the yards after the line of scrimmage that Washington's letting up at the line, all it takes for quorum is one break 30, 40, 40, 50 yards. Yeah then that, that one comes. So I hear your argument, Jared. I really do. Um, I just, I was, my logic was they've played a lot better defenses than they're about to play. Um, Corum is, I mean, he has 25 touchdowns this year. He's been their bell cow. He's somebody that they lean on. I cannot how- see them straying from that regardless of how this game plays out. Um, so I think like to Travis's point, he's going to get 20 to 25 carries. And I would like to see how many games where Blake Corum didn't even touch the field in the fourth quarter because they were winning by 30 plus. Very true. It's the same thing. It's same argument you have for a lot of things, a lot of teams in the NFL. Um, Tyree Kill and Tua, like they're what will the yardage look like? We they saw a ton of games too. So I hear you. Um, another prop I like, and I'm gonna Travis just said his name. I don't know how to pronounce it. It's the uh, Rome Adunze guy. Um, mm-hmm. His over 89 and a half receiving yards. Are we, I know Michigan's defense good, but he's hit this in five straight. He's hit it 10, 10 games this year. And to your point, like even if Washington's down, he's gonna they're gonna get looks, they're gonna move the ball. Like 89 and a half, like he's hit 100, 105 straight. It's tough. I, I bet is over in the past game. It was at 98 and a half against Texas. He I mean, he hit it, but it was getting kind of close there at the end just because they have so many different receivers. I don't know what Michigan's gonna come out with him. I almost like Jalen Polk's better which I think is in the fifties because he is a guy that could catch one ball for 50 yards. It is. It's at that's 15 and a half. But I looked at Polk and that's, his, that's, that's was my worry. There's the volume that he gets. He also doesn't get a ton of targets and catches a game. Like, bad. It, like he's there. They just move the, they move the ball deep a lot. So they're going to take shots. I think either one you take isn't going to be, isn't bad. I'm going to stay away from McMillan if I'm going to bet one. If I were to take just because Odunze's is so high, I would lean Polks just because one catch could get that for him. And one literally, I told you guys the first drive for Washington, his hit against Texas, he had like a 70 yard catch and boom, it was done. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, um, do you like anything else? I like, I like a touchdown score parlay one one guy on each team at plus 120 odds okay. it is cor- it's quorum is probably Corum. very high minus 320 but also johnson for for washington he has scored in every game this year except for three quorum scored in every single game he also could get hurt on the first drive <laughs> jalen waddle so style he, he <laughs> Has, so their coach came out today, said that he is probably going to play, but apparently he's been dealing with this lingering knee issue for like two months. 
I don't like that. Yeah, I just find it tough that a guy like Vegas knows something. He's minus one fifty to score. It's they're they're the only two guys that were in the minus odds to score touchdowns, Quorum and Johnson. So it's plus one twenty for them both score a touchdown. Um, I was gonna lean. My problem with like Polk, he's like he's like the, the deep threat guy. Adunze seems like a fucking a square pick beyond square picks for in my opinion. So that's what I had out there for my props. But that's it. What is what is Roman Wilson's yards? I don't know if that was up when I looked. Um, Roman Wilson's yards are at my phone. Forty-eight and a half. Love it. Yeah. Because if they're gonna be want to move the ball in the air, you got to get him involved. His was at fifty and a half on Monday, and I took it and it hit. So, or thirty-nine and a half. Sorry. So, again, Washington a lot worse against the pass. I think JJ McCarthy is going to be able to move the ball a little bit more through the air. And if they do, they're going to have to throw it to him at some point. Forty and a half. The two Michigan receivers that they have on action hook right now are 48 and a half and 40 and a half. So we'll see. Um, overall game, I think it's hard not to take Washington plus four and a half. That's such a big spread for, for I think it's gonna be, I, I like the two, but I, I like the under better. I like the 55 and a half. I, like the under better I, I don't think well. this is going to be a very high scoring game, even as high powered as Washington's offense is. Michigan's defense is very good, and we know that Michigan's offense isn't. Even if they score, they are very methodical with their drives. They take yeah. a long time to get down the field. They're going to control time of possession for sure. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, the, un- the under for sure. Yeah. We but also saw, because this is my argument, I, I think Michigan wins this game. I like Michigan to win this game. Um, we saw last year, it's like, oh, it's so hard. Not How are we not going to take TCU plus 14 and a half? Blowout. This game is either going to be nail-biting close, back and forth, or Michigan wins by 20. Yeah, I'm not I'm not going to bet on Michigan. I'm just not going to do it. I loathe Jim Harbaugh. I cannot stand <laughs> their fucking their color scheme. Cannot stand Dave Portnoy's boner with them. I, I was wishing that motherfucker would lost his million dollars so goddamn bad. Um, so, I mean. I didn't want to see called- Alabama in the, in the national championship, so I was rooting for Michigan. Yeah. Gross. Um, yeah, I, I, I do like I'm posting, the under a lot. I'm posting the picture of Jarrett wearing a Michigan jersey when he was a kid on social yeah. media all week long, <laughs> every day. Not by fucking choice. Um, every tweet every you put out about the game, just just put it put it in there. Hey, motherfucker, you're wearing one too. It is Charles Woodson, which is I'm dope. not rooting against him. <laughs> I don't see how you can you can root for them. They cheated. They didn't. Well, cheat. I'll tell we you this. Discuss this. Washington plus 10 and a half and the under 62 and a half tees is plus 115. I'm not taking Washington plus anything if and anything. I'm, I'm, taking, Washington, said, I'm, not, I'm taking Washington spread and money line just because I want to, but I will take, I will bet more heavily on the under because that's a bet I do like a lot more. Yeah. Um, we thought the over, we loved the over in the Michigan Alabama game. Which was at forty five and a half. Took overtime. It yeah. Took overtime and yeah, it was very close. I took I took the and over then, in Washington, Texas, and that was a little bit closer than what than what I wanted it to be too. It was sixty two and a half. At what how what was right. the final score? Twenty seven twenty one, so I don't think it hit. <laughs> no. 
or 37. Yeah. 37, 37, yeah. 37, 37 but sorry. Barely at 68 points. Yeah. So it wasn't, it's not, it wasn't, yeah, not even a touchdown, fucking five. So, yeah, I mean, the under in this one is definitely the bet to make. Um, I don't know why it's so high, to be honest with you. Maybe because Washington, Washington has bad defense and they move the ball so fast. Like, they could score. They're like the Kansas City Chiefs a few years ago. They can just run the touchdown play or yeah. just bomb and the ball. This, field. With as much pressure as Michigan got last week, you know, they're, they're maybe accounting for some plus territory, get a sack, fumble, recover it, and get the ball up the fucking 10-yard line. Um, little things like that that kind of play into it. I will tell you this, though, and this is what I'm going to go on record by saying. If Washington wins, this over will hit. Uh, it's just yes it's still no. so high. I could see this game yeah. being like 30 to 23. Yeah. And it still doesn't close. Hit. It's close, <laughs> close, but it still doesn't hit. <laughs> but, yes, close. I hear you, though. If they, it, they have to score to win, and their defense is so susceptible that it will be a shootout if Washington wins. So I do hear you there. I, I like Michigan. It. Not gonna, not gonna put it out. We like the under. Yeah. I like Blake Corum, uh, Roman Wilson, Odunze, and Polk. If it comes out because it's not on ESPN right now, I like Michael Penix to throw a pick if there's odds on that, like they give in the NFL. I don't know it's if they will be. They they have a lot less of those. Yeah, they do in yeah. college. Like they don't even have receptions for receivers, which I think is right. bogus. Um, you could. Uh, over one and a half touchdown passes, but that's minus 195 for Michael Penix. Oh, right. here you go. Michael Penix throw a pick. Minus 240. <laughs> Ooh, that's heavy. Oh, my God. Oh, I've got bad. receptions right here, Trav, on ESPN. Romo Dunze uh, over six and a half. McMillan over five and a half. Polk three and a half, which feels nice. Yeah. Um, Roman Wilson, three and a half, which feels nice. The Travis Point, Polk and Wilson both can get their yards with two, with two, three catches and not, not get that fourth. Yeah. yeah but that Wilson went over three and a half. It, it, that one's the lowest one that I would consider. Like, a is the one I like. Adunze the most. Six, six and, and a half is high. That, that's a lot. Seven catches. That's a lot. He, he only had, had like, seven last week. I was going to say he had like two at halftime and it was kind of scaring me. Yeah. Um, you can fact check that if you want, but he, it was low. He didn't have a whole lot going into the half or close to the half, rather. But uh, yeah, players fucking, So they're saying Polk's Michael Penix is throwing a pick. Who's yeah, according Polks. I was gonna say. So if you want to, if you want to talk about a deep shot, his his longest reception is only twenty four and a half. Minus one twenty. What's Odunze's longest reception? It is thirty and a half. Yeah, he'll hit that. He'll hit that for sure. You would think so. Roman there, Wilson. There will, be, there will be a deep ball in this game, at least one. And I think it's only going to either be to Adunze or on the Washington side, Adunze or Polk. Yeah. Adunze has a better chance of, of catching that ball. Either way, you heard it here. Ethan, what is your official prediction? Oof. You don't have to give a score. Just give a. Just nope, give I'm going to give a score. Range. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. Give me. Give me. Well, that was just like a you know, if they put up a lot of points, but I actually I feel like it's going to be more like a 2017 Michigan win, which is why I initially liked the plus four and a half too. 
Um, yeah. But that's why I like the under more. I'm going 2017. Michigan pulls it out because of their defense. A couple turnovers created. They get the dub. Okay. I think just because I don't want to root for Michigan, uh, <laughs> but I do like the spread, and I could see this going either way. Um, I'm actually going to go – I think it's going to be 28-27 Washington. I think Michigan's going to control the the lead for most of the game, um, but I think Washington's going to get the ball back in the fourth quarter, down six, just like we saw reverse um, <laughs> Texas game. And I think they're going to go down and score. They may not and go down and score. 55 points is going to hit, and the under is going to hit by a half a point. There you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've got – I'm going to go 27-17 Michigan. Of course okay. you will. There we go. I like it. Yeah, I don't, I don't hate it. No, I, the more we talk about it, I'm liking the – I'll probably put a lot more money on the under than I will in Washington, but I just can't bring myself to bet on Michigan. I will ride Blake Corms over on rushing yards, but if it fucking bites me in the ass, I'm going to come back and say, clip it, <laughs> clip it. When Jarrett said, I'm not saying it's a lock. I'm just saying I saw how their tackling was in the holes that were open. And I saw what Blake Corm made out of nothing against Alabama. You know, the Washington's defense is a hell of a lot worse and they're not going to be afraid to run the ball, especially if they're running it at will. So yeah. that's it. We want seven units on this game to get ourselves potentially back in the positive. We can put more, but I'm saying if we want to do seven units, how do we want to break up what we just talked about? Let's do a four three units. on let's the under. I'll say let's do three or four on the under. We'll do three on the under. We'll like do unit on quorum's over unit on quorum on it. Yep. And then the we'll do a unit it. on Roman Wilson, Roma Dunze and Jalen Polk. Deal. And if we don't win them all, then we're not going to end up on. We never do, well, except for last week. Like, last week we did indeed win them all, it, but we yeah. swept a lot. We swept three or four slates of football in during bowl season. season. Yeah. So Insane. when I when I go to my action network and I and I click on the NCA football tab, oh, fuck it was telling me, but it like tells me like, oh yeah, so during bowl season, me personally, I am twenty six eighteen and one. Up $275 in just in bowl season alone. Well, even just a great way to look at kind of like how our bets have gone. We did that pick and pull. Travis and I are both 29 and 13 and just pick straight up, which just shows I, f- I feel like as a whole how this podcast really does their research into these bowl games and, and puts out. So while I know during actual season you know a lot of a lot of our picks especially early on are just based on you know predictions analytics of how the team looked before but when we get to bowl season we know exactly what these teams have looked like travis watches all these shit bowl games that everybody else doesn't watch me and travis watched the thursday night uh uh random ass games at buffalo wild wings when nfl's on we we yeah. watch these games and we see these games play out so yeah i'm not following and, and that and that bowl pick you're talking about ethan I'm in I'm in third place, right behind you guys. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. One, two, three, so, boys, right here. Yeah. So, One, two, three. Yeah, you give it to the guys who've literally studied and watched all every game every year long. Um bowl season, I am up three hundred and forty five dollars. Every year long, I love every that. year long. <laughs> Put it on a shirt. Every year long. Put it on okay. a shirt. Every, every year, year long. long. <laughs> it doesn't matter. 
Oh, shit. But so, exactly. Yeah, so behind her up 600 before, bucks. Bowl season we, every year treats us so well. It does. Before we wrap up and, and move on, and we'll talk about the National Championship game after next week because we're going to 40 minutes talking about this. I just looked up the 12 team playoff schedule and it's fucking sick. I forgot how sick it, how sick it is. So the first round is December 20th and the 21st next year. And the uh, higher seed plays a home game. And yeah. so it's not like a neutral side, it's a home game yep. for the first round. It's before Christmas. Then you have the quarterfinals. You have one game of the quarterfinals in the Fiesta Bowl on New Year's Eve. Then you have the other right. two games on the quarterfinals. These are interesting. Yes. Fiesta Bowl and then New Year's Eve and then Peach, Rose, and Sugar Bowl are all on New Year's Day. Um, so you have three on New Year's Day. And the semifinals, one game's on the 9th, their game's on the 10th. That's Orange Bowl and Cotton Bowl. And then the championships January 20th next year. So the game or the so the uh season essentially just goes an extra week because yes. obviously the uh championship uh, this season is on the ninth. So yeah, you're jumping yeah. a week. Yeah, to me, that's absolutely. awesome. The fact that we're going to get playoff football in college before Christmas is don't have to wait until fucking New Year's Eve and New Year's Day is amazing. And then the fact we get three games on New Year's Day next year that are playoff games is going to be amazing. So just wanted to throw that out there. But we're going to take a break, um, get a drink, and we'll be back with some more NFL playoff talk. 50-15. All right, before we dive into all of our NFL shit that we're going to get to, Ethan is going to give us another semi kind of grid game like we did last week. So I'll leave the floor to you. Yeah, I love this. Uh, I, I don't know. I love the grid games, but I love this week because I think that this is something that you guys are both should know really well, but also there's going to be a few things in here that stump you. So what I'm going to say first is that um, person with the most there's an odd number here person with the most correct picks wins i don't know what the loser i mean loser can take a drink i guess we don't have any liquor down here um but oh that's liquor (laughs) (laughs) um sounds like jared's ready um so what i need you boys to do is i need you to give me the previous 21 miami dolphins who have scored a rushing touchdown Oh my God. Okay. Okay. I do have right. context clues as we go when you guys start to stumble. If you do. Okay. Tell me before, before we start. We have them all far, accurately. Yeah. How far yes, back? I do. Does, I do. Does this, does this date before we were fans? It does not. Okay. I didn't think so. All right. Travis. So go. You can you give us, I guess you can't give us here. Um, I will go. I will spew out JHI. God, that is such a good guess, but no. So maybe this will help you then. Um, what? First, the, well, give the, me the year longest then. back, the longest or furthest back that somebody scored a rushing touchdown on this list is 2018. Okay. okay. Well, that'll help so me that, out. I was going to guess that. Yep. Let me restart so you, then. Yeah, I was going to say you can restart. That's fine. Travis, Travis, let's go. Let's go most recent to furthest. Or do you want to go? The yeah, I know. I was just going to throw that yeah. one out there for funsies. Uh, without, <laughs> but asking, he would have because that would have that would have <laughs> given me a hint as to how far back it went. Yep. So now that we know, I'll yeah. just go with the obvious. I will say Raheem Mostert. That is correct. And I will There's go with Devon, Devon A-Chain. That is also correct. I will say Tua Tungvaloa. Tua is correct. Fun fact, not in the last two years. Yeah, he doesn't do it very often. Yeah. Um, Salvan Ahmed. That is your last 
2023 player to score a rushing touchdown. Yeah. Jeff Wilson. Yep. Jeff Wilson in 2022. You are correct. I, man, we're, we're diving deep here, man. As, um, as deep as you think. I, I, I know for a fact <clears throat> that I think either Tyreek or Waddle scored a rushing touchdown. I'm going to go Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle is correct. Uh, Kenyon Drake, a fantastic pull in 2018. That yeah. is correct. I'm gonna go with Brock Osweiler. Take it a little too far back, my friend. That is your ah, first incorrect answer. Damn it. I'm going to go with it's either Philip or Patrick. I don't know the first name, Laird. Laird, yes. I will give you that. It is Patrick Laird. That is his first yes. name. Nicely done. 2019. Um, I am going to go with, I believe this is accurate. Did Christian Wilkins get one? No, he did not. I believe that was a passing touchdown. Or receiving, sorry. but I'm fucked. Um, I'll go with what Jared said. On the flip side, I'll go with Tyree Kill. Tyree Kill is correct. Nicely done. Give me two seconds. I forgot to put your guys' initials next to these, but I remember who, who was who, so no worries. <laughs> All right. Whoever wants to go next, feel free to oh, go next. Me. I might lose this because uh, for some reason I'm like blanking. 2018. When do we go to Memphis, Travis? What year do we go to Memphis? Uh, 2018. No, you mean to the to the Nashville game, to the Titans game? Whenever, no, or whenever we went to we the went bowl to, game. Whenever Kenyon Drake had that, the the Miami Miracle was that 2018? No, that would have been 2019. Okay. Either way, he already said Kenyon Drake. So. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm trying okay, to get okay. quarterback then. Wild card guess: Ryan Tannehill. Wrong. Sorry. That was fun fact 2017. You're a year yeah. off. Yep. Uh, I will go Kalen Balaj. Kalen Balaj 2019. Dude, I see. That's my problem. I forget all these guys. I already got three strikes, so I'm out. Well, no, we did, we aren't doing strikes. We're doing most. Okay. That's um, why I said no strikes this game. Just because it's an odd number. Whoever got the most. I'm just, for some reason, I'm just fucking totally drawn blank. There oh, are some. More obvious ones on here, I would say. You've gotten all the most obvious. I will put it that way. Um, I am happy to give one of my context clues. I'll, I'll take context clue, yeah. Of the 21 players on this list, there are 13 running backs, three quarterbacks, three wide receivers, a tight end, and a fullback. Tight end, fullback. The fullback is Alec Ingold's only been on our team for two years, but I guess I'll go with Alec Ingold. Twenty twenty two, Alec Ingold. Yeah. Uh, the other wide receiver that I'm I'm gonna throw a shot out there. I'm gonna guess Jakeem Grant. <laughs> you are correct, Jakeem Grant, senior, twenty nineteen. 
So we got two other quarterbacks on this list we haven't guessed. Jarrett also, or sorry, Travis swept 2019. Those are all the players in 2019. <laughs> Patrick Laird, Kalen Bellage, Jakeem Grant. God, we were so bad that year. Um, <laughs> oh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan Fitzpatrick, 2020. Nicely done. Yeah. Uh, how many quarterbacks did you say? Three. three. So you're missing one. I uh, guess Teddy Bridgewater. God, that is a great guess. Not on this list. Did not have a single rushing touchdown with Miami. Oh, 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 oh. Skylar Thompson? <clears throat> no, no. Damn it. There's a, there's a, there's a more obvious quarterback on this list. I know it's, 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 you're about ready, you're about ready to say who I thought you were going to say. It's, it, he was pre 2018. Who? Jay Cutler. No, I was going to say, did Jacoby Brissett play for the Dolphins? He did. So Jacoby Brissett? It is Jacoby Brissett, 2021. <laughs> I was like, wait, he played for the Dolphins, <laughs> right? For a very dark period of the Dolphins' age, he played for yeah. us. <laughs> All right, so you are missing five, six running backs, the tight end, and that's it. It's not Mike Kosecki. Um a tight end. There's no way. I'm fairly confident he is still on your team. Yeah, I was gonna say, is it is it is it is it Durham Smythe? It's Durham Smythe back in 2022. <laughs> what the fuck? Then, now we go to running backs, and this I'm is out. where things start to get hazy. Yeah, I'm running I'm plump, really I'm low. Give me so yeah, go ahead. Year range. Uh, you've still got one in 2022, three in 2021, one in 2020, and one in 2018. And some of these are very gettable. <clears throat> I'm trying to trying to think. Like I'm I'm drawing a blank on the running on who our running backs even were. Yeah, there are there are two on here that I would not expect you to get, but then the rest of them I think are gettable. The other four. I'm I'm almost like just out. There yeah. are I believe three of them are out of the league. Every other one is on a different team. Three of them are out of the league. To my knowledge, maybe not officially retired, but not on a team. And I will tell you right now, Travis, you have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, correct? Jarrett, you have one, two, three, four, five, six. So Travis has a three person lead on you. It'd be nice if you could pull a couple here. Travis wins because I'm, I'm drawing a massive. <laughs> yeah, I'm it's literally okay. like, I'm, I'm done. Trying to, remember, trying to remember jersey numbers. Hold on one second. Give me a few seconds here. 22, the 2022 one. Starting off because last year we were decent, but really on the team you had Mostert, Ahmed. I will give you this, Jeff Wilson. Last, last year's was a midseason trade. Had a pr- pretty prominent run with a, a team before you guys, and by prominent I mean it was like a couple years. But we traded for Jeff Wilson. I don't know. I don't, can't remember who else it was. 
I don't know. I'm done. I don't. I don't want to. Yeah. I'm done. I want yeah. a bad right. podcast. Continue. I'm gonna. I'm gonna roll these off. Then Travis did get three more. You got 15 out of the 21, which is pretty impressive. That's why I did this list. I thought it'd be tough. 2022. We have Chase Edmonds. Uh, last year on your team, midseason pickup, I believe, or maybe he wasn't. But I'm pretty sure he was a midseason pickup. I, I I glitched out. Who was it? Chase Edmonds. Ah, uh, no, we no, we signed yep. him before the year last year, and then he you guys fizzled out with us. Uh, did you trade him away? Maybe that's what it was. I don't know. Either yeah, way, yeah, we traded him away. Um, 2021, you guys kind of disappointed me. You've got Miles Gaskin. Great, oh great little run with the Dolphins there. Malcolm Brown, another one that now is with the Rams, I believe. Um, and then Duke Johnson. Oh my god, I forgot that Duke Johnson run, mm-hmm. Travis. He was fucking. Oh, oh, oh! Chill. I got, I got one. Uh, Frank Gore. No, yep. 2017. Oh. Actually, sorry. In 2018, Frank Gore led the league or led not the league, led the team in rushing touches and rushing yards. Did not score a single touchdown in 2018. Oh, damn crazy i because i saw that too and i was when i was looking these up i was like how did frank gore not get the end zone dude had a 750 rushing yards on over 160 touches never got in the end zone um 2020 jordan howard also another yeah. one, big 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 time like season with the bears i believe it was in like these were these were forgettable seasons they yes. were but they were pro- more prominent names. And then a guy who's still in the league, but doesn't really do a whole lot. I believe he's with the Raiders right now is Brandon Bolden. Back oh, in 2018. Yeah. Yep. 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 But there's your, there's your final six. Nice, nice little run there, boys. Uh, yeah. I'll have to do this again, maybe with some, some other dolphin statistics or maybe yeah, some tiger like, statistics. Yes. Tigers. <laughs> I'll, I'll mop, mop the floor with you guys. <laughs> All right. Nice awesome. little segue into was, the NFL. That was a good yep. one. All right. So we had an NFL week 18. We got a lot of like quarterback inactives, people playing this week that I starred uh, a tweet from today. So I'm going to start this off. This is what I had not planned that I was going to throw in for you guys. Um, Blaine Gabbard is playing, but I've got some player incentives off the rip for you guys, for people to so I saw a there. TikTok about this too. I love this. Let's yeah, so, it off. I'll rip it off for you guys. We got Dalton Schultz. He with yes. four catches to get 250k and six catches. He faces the Colts, who allow the eight most most catches to tight ends. So whatever his number is, I believe it'll probably be around probably like the four and a half range. I'd take it. That's a good prop to yeah. look out for this week. He also needs 107 yeah. yards to get another two for 250k. I'm likely know. not going <laughs> to. I don't know if he's going to get that one, but yes. But his yardage is probably going to be what in the 50s. Maybe. 60s, maybe. Yeah. yeah, if he gets if he gets five catches, he'll get six catches for nineteen yards. <laughs> um, <laughs> OBJ, five catches, which is attainable. Uh, he'll get him an extra bonus. One hundred eighty-five yards gets him another bonus, and then two touchdowns gets him another bonus. He is going to probably they're probably going to involve him a lot because it's a game that doesn't mean a whole lot to them. Uh, just I don't think well, I don't think Lamar is going to play a lot. But exactly. But you think he's gonna play tell oh, OBJ OBJ's like, hey, I'm I'm playing until I get my fucking fifth catch for that 250k. Exactly. Yeah. Uh DeAndre Hopkins with seven catches or 49 yards. 49 yards gets him a million. Million. Yep. Yeah. Yep. An extra mil. So that's also, a huge yeah. number for him. Uh real fast too. 
Dalton Schultz's receiving yards are already out, but his receptions are not. But his receiving yards are at 42 and a half. Um, so oh, that makes it. me think his receptions are going to be around three and a half. That's my oh, guess. I love, I love, I love so. both of them. All right. Um, this one, this isn't necessarily a prop, but Geno Smith to make the playoffs. Two million dollars. <laughs> so that might be a lot of that's out of his hands, though. I know, but again, but, but they have to win. So you, I'll, you gotta you know. do what you can. Yeah. Um, so there's that. Jordan Love to make the playoffs 500 k So both yeah. those teams, those those are literally the two teams in the NFC going against each other that need wins. Yep. All right. I have one more. Let's see, see if you have it. I have four more. Uh, Levante David to get one sack, 150 k He faces the Panthers, number 27th ranked offensive line. So look out for that prop. Jadavian Clowney to get one more sack, 750K, faces the Steelers' 31st-ranked pass-blocking offensive line. Chris Jones to get one yep. sack, 1.25 million, facing the Chargers' number 25th-ranked offensive line. And then Bud Dupree, here's a good prop bet to look out for. Two sacks gets him an extra mill, and he faces the Saints' number 26th-ranked offensive line. So I like I that one. one more. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just saying more. I like that one, but um, Jadavian Clowney and Chris Jones. The only thing you got to be careful with is do they play more than a half because neither yeah. of them are playing pretty. They will play till they till they get that, or until like the game gets out of hand. The coach is like, hey, so we're not risking. I'll it. say I'll say this: defensive players play a lot more less yes. meaningful snaps than offensive players do. Look at what happened to the Dolphins on Sunday. Right. Uh, Chubb. With Brett. Bradley Chubb and like Mike Medino said, there was a point in the game where the starters just came out on offense, and we put the starters back out there on defense for one more series. And so I think defensive defensive players play a little bit more. I have one more. Alexander Madison needs ninety one yards for two hundred fifty k. Not but that's probably not going to happen. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say the problem with that. I didn't is even include his because anymore. Yeah, because Ty Chandler has completely taken over that backfield for the rest of this yeah. year. Um, yeah. I throw them out there like yeah, if they nope. throw them out there for like for like some hey, you know. Right, I like the thought of process with it. I think the only reason that that doesn't have a chance is because again, it's a meaningless game for them. So like he he could technically go out there, but I think that that Vikings office coaching staff they want to see what they might have with Ty Chandler going into next year, and I think that's yeah. where the issue lies. I didn't include that because I also didn't include Devin Singletary, who needs like hundred and twenty something yeah. yards. Uh, yeah. For his, which is that's just outrageously I, not I, even possible. I love Hopkins, I love OBJ, and I love Dalton Schultz. Those are my yeah. favorites. Us, I mean, I also like Chris Jones. The defensive ones. I, I like yeah. all the defensive ones. That those are very attainable for sure. Especially Levante David. Uh, like a lot of those guys outside of Chris Jones and Jadavian Clowney well, are. Well, like, Levante David is going to is going to play the whole game because that's he, what I'm saying. The, the Outside Bucks. of Javian Clowney and Chris Jones, they are fighting for a playoff spot. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So cool. Well, with that being said, uh, let's also roll into week 18 betting implications and playoff needs. So let's talk about starters being rested. There are one, two, three, four, five games that this holds some weight in that are might be meaningful games that you bet on. Browns and Bengals. Um, Bengals are eliminated. Browns can't move higher or lower than the five seed. Yep. So that's going to kind of be a shit show. 
Steelers-Ravens, I know it's a divisional game, has big implications for the Steelers' playoff hopes, but nothing is riding on it for the Ravens at all. Yeah. Absolutely nothing. They've already so the Steelers are, Steelers are, are four-point favorites. Yeah. Chiefs-Chargers, Chiefs are locked into the three-seed, can't get any higher, uh, can't get any lower. They already announced Blaine Gavra was starting. Probably a game that you're not going to want to watch unless you want to bet Chris Jones to get a sack. 49ers Rams. Uh 49ers are in the same boat as the Ravens. They're also playing, they're playing a divisional rival rival locked into the one seed. Rams, they're already locked into their seed and they're starting yep. Carson Wentz. Yep. So, and then the last one I have is the Eagles Giants. Eagles are likely not to win the division because Dallas is playing Washington. So I think we could expect a light load from their starters with them basically being locked into that five seed. I would agree. I'm assuming they play at the same time as the Cowboys. I didn't think so. Because I think that they'll be scoreboard watching too. And there's a very good chance that if Dallas is up, that even if they do start their starters, they'll be out by halftime if they see that the Cowboys have a significant lead. So I do see a scenario where the Eagles start their starters because they've been in such a funk. They need to get out of it. They'll they'll start them. But I think after halftime, they'll probably be benched. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, now let's talk about playoff implications and who needs what, because it's a lot more narrowed down this week, just like we talked. Let's start it off with the first game. Steelers, they need a win and a Jaguars loss or a Houston and Indianapolis tie. What do you guys think or, about their playoff? Or hopes? Buffalo or Buffalo loss, right? Mm-mm. Nope. That's, I'm pretty I, sure I that ran through Buffalo it's, yeah, is over them. It's just a win. And Jags loss or Houston Indy tie? No, if I, I listened to a podcast today, if Pittsburgh wins and Buffalo loses, and that in that Houston Indy game does not end in a tie, Pittsburgh would get in and Buffalo would be out. I promise you. I I swear, I ran through yeah. a playoff simulator multiple times to figure out what needs to happen. So Pittsburgh, I'm I'm ninety nine percent sure right now. Let's see, Pittsburgh loses. No, not not right. Lose. They, they have to win. Pittsburgh has to. Win. So they yeah, win. Pittsburgh has to win no matter what. Yeah, and, said, and you said a Buffalo loss. A Buffalo loss, and as long as Indy Houston don't end in a tie. Yeah, Steelers win and Buffalo lost yeah. in. You're right, yeah. but Buffalo has to lose. They have to win, and then Houston Indy not in at a time. Because there's a way that Buffalo doesn't make the playoffs. Because if if the because both those games are on Saturday, if Pittsburgh wins and Houston and Indy don't end in a tie, Buffalo has to win on Sunday night to get in the playoffs. If they lose, they're done. Okay. Still, that's a lot more to happen than the other two, <laughs> than just the Jags loss. Well, also though. The Jags have to lose as well. Yeah, that that's another part of that. They don't have to. No, no, no. Yes, they do because then it would be the no, guys no, looking don't. at it, looking at it right here. The Steelers no, don't even. lost their end. They're in the Jags. Sorry, if the Jags, the Jags win. Oh yep. Bills. I lose. forgot to click on the Steelers. That's my bad. Yeah, I, that was the yeah, one game right. I didn't click on. Okay, the still machine. that's a lot. Yep. That's a lot more to happen. It is, um, but that could happen. I'd say they have the lowest, one of the lowest chances to get in. I don't know. In the A's. but we'll see. We'll see. Texans win, or they could get in 
with a tie and a Jaguars loss. Yep. Very unlikely. Colts win or a tie and a Steelers loss. Yeah. The, basically, that that Houston that Houston Colts game is is a win and in scenario. Like whatever team wins yes. that game. Well, it definitely is. I think they win. Yeah. Or yeah. well, they don't win the division. Sorry, but they they will lock up a playoff spot with a win. Yes, correct. Yes. That that is a proverbial playoff game for <laughs> both those teams. Bills are in with the win, or Bills can lose as long as the Steelers or Jaguar Steelers and Jaguars lose. Yeah, and yeah, it has to be and, and like if, if and. yes, Steelers yes. and Jags both have to lose. So again, not I think I think if you're whole, yeah likely, I was I think from looking at this, in my opinion, the teams, the two teams that have the like obviously control their own destiny are Houston and Indy. Obviously, winning in, I think the winner of that game gets in. Losers done. Then it comes down to Pittsburgh and Buffalo. Really, ultimately, from there, um, yes. and I personally think that Pittsburgh is going to win this weekend because um, Baltimore is going to rest a bunch of people. Tyler Huntley is also not a bad back quarterback. Runs the Saint. Runs the Saint. That's what I was about to say. Uh, yeah, like he. The, the one caveat to the the Ravens is that Tyler Huntley could probably be a starter on five to six teams in the NFL right now. So. Yeah, and if you're going from that point, it would really suck because if if Pittsburgh loses. And then that game doesn't end in a tie, and Miami does beat Buffalo. Guess what? It's a Miami Buffalo repeat in the wild card round. Hmm. Yep. Which would, which would which would suck, yeah. in my opinion. So we are rooting for the Steelers to win. Lose. Yes. First, no. No, yeah, Steelers a win. Sorry, 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 sorry. Yeah. Uh, Steelers a win. Jags have a play the Panthers. So that's no Jags. Jags play the Titans. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. God damn it. Titans. <laughs> Which Justin. I was I was thinking of the bug. I was already looking at the next one. Um so what do you what do you guys like what do you guys see happening? What do you guys see happening? I oh, that's a tough one. It's gonna get into my um, picks, but, you know. Well, yeah, it is gonna get into my picks. So we'll we'll Talk about that in just a second. After I okay. talk about the NFC, okay. NFC, uh, the Bucks. We'll start with them since they are leading their division with not a playoff spot locked. They win and in, or they could tie, and the Saints and Falcons can tie, <laughs> and they're in. So basically, Bucks have to Ask win. For a they, play the Pan- yeah. they play the Panthers. So I think the Bucks. I mean, yeah. Let's be real. I do too. Yeah. Saints and Falcons both. Because they play each other in this bold scenario for each of them, they have to win and the Bucks have to lose. Yep. Sorry, sorry, Saints and Falcons fans, you're fucked. All right, Packers. They win, or the Packers could lose, but Seattle and the Saints have to lose. Yep. Yep. So win, winning in. Yeah, winning in. That's what. That's what you got to look at it. Seahawks. So the Packers. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Seahawks need a win and they need the Packers to lose or tie a little bit more, but so what, so what, what happens if the Packers and Seahawks lose Then who gets it? If the saints win, then the saints get it. If the bucks win and it, well, actually I guess if the bucks lose and the saints win, saints win the division bucks get the seven seed. 
So yeah, so to your point, Travis, the Saints could still get in even if they lose. Oh no, they have to win. No, they, they have, have, to, have win. to win. Yeah, they have, they to, have win. to win. Okay. Otherwise, the Falcons get in if the Bucks lose. Yeah. And then there is a playoff. There is a scenario in which the Vikings get in. They have to beat the Lions and the Seahawks, the Packers, and the Saints have to lose. That's not happening. Because I don't think the Lions are going to lay down. I don't. I really. That's not. That's well, not the Lions happening. are playing for something till still technically. So they can still get the two seed. Yep. Correct. Yeah. Okay. But it's also kind of in the same boat as the Eagles, where like right. oh, you and think that the Cowboys can lose. Packers got a tough match this weekend. The Bears have been fucking scrappy. It is tough, and I hate the line. That's why I didn't have it on my card. I, I know either. that the Packers played really well last week, and we were all rooting for him. We were all rooting for Ethan. But I left it off my card. I hope Ethan gets his wish, and I hope the Packers make the playoffs for him. I will root for them, but yep. I, I'm not going to include it on our podcast picks. Yep, I'm not yeah, touching it. I, yeah, I can't tough. like because like you said, and as much as it pains me to say it, the Bears have looked very good the last five weeks. They they just have, and it's been hard but, to argue. But. And and that's the thing is like they already have the number one pick. They have another solid pick behind that, so it's like if they win, they're really not losing a whole lot of yeah. value there. Yeah. And yeah. obviously, that is probably one of the only teams this weekend that is playing against the division rival where they can hold a spot out of the playoffs against the division rival while also not losing a lot. Yeah. And also, because we'll talk, we'll talk about that in a second. It, and I was also going to say too, cause I don't know if we'll talk about this a whole lot after this is the Packers are in the same spot they were in last year. Literally they're eight and eight. They're playing a division rival. If they win, they're in the playoffs. If they lose, they're out last year, they were eight and eight. They're playing the Lions. If they win, they're in the playoffs. If they lose, they're out. Lions beat them. Um, and the Lions last year were also, I believe, seven and nine when they played them. So this is the exact same scenario. It's just a matter of will they get over the hump. And 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 the Lions were hot, just like the Bears are hot. I yep. mean, it's, we get the same. If we get the same Packers team that showed up last week, I oh, don't yeah. have a doubt in my mind that they'll win. They looked phenomenal. Yep. Defense was flying around the ball. Offense looked hot on all cylinders. So I think Aaron Jones back has a really good possibility for them to win. So yeah, all I gotta say is Russell fuck Rowland. the Packers for trading Roswell Douglas to the Bills. That's all I gotta say about that. Fuck you guys. I hate you. <laughs> well, it got yeah. us a it got us a third round pick next year. So yeah, let's fuck off. Let's talk about our picks. And we'll talk about my first pick. This is what I didn't want to ruin for the AFC is the Texans Colts game. So we almost have to have a pick in this game because it's probably oh. one of the most meaningful games of the weekend. One of I love, I love, I, I love a pick in this game. I love it. I like the Texans money line. I yes, love, sir. I love yes, the minus sir. one. Yes, I, sir. But money line is fine. I ha, I have this as the first game on my card. I look yes, at you got a spot in the playoffs on the line. Both teams have been kind of hit or miss lately. They've went win loss, or yeah, win loss, win loss, win in each of their last five. Both of them. So the trend is going to stop with one of these teams. I'm taking CJ Stroud over Gardner Minshew every single day of the week. I said it after the Colts lost to the Falcons. I said it after the Colts lost to the Bengals. This team is not a playoff team, and I'm sticking to it. Yeah. And CJ Stroud, to me, that was the caveat. That's the difference maker. He came back. They look like a totally different team. Yeah. I mean, are they going to win a playoff game? I don't think so. But um, I think think they at least get in. And it's like a a big trajectory moment for D'Amico Ryans and that whole entire franchise. Like, Make the playoffs year one with a rookie quarterback. Let's build off that. Yeah, I, I love the Texas money line. It's probably my favorite 
bet of the entire NFL card this weekend by, by far. All of mine are games that are meaningful. I stayed away from any of the other games. I have one non-meaningful game, and I think you guys will like it, but I only have I three picks. Too. I only have three picks as well. I'll roll into my second pick since you guys all had my first pick. Uh, next pick I have is in the Jags-Titans game. Oof. Jags are minus five and a half in a must-win situation. I know that's a big number, but the Jags came out. I know they played the Panthers, but they destroyed it. They looked like they were really motivated for that game with C.J. Beathard behind the helm. Playing against a team, and I get, you know, Titans don't really want to lay down against the Jags, but with a win, the Jags could pick as low as eighth. They're sitting at seventh right now, but with a loss and things rolling their way, they can move all the way up to three. What kind of motivation? Talk about Titans. You said Jags. Yeah, the Titans. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You said Jags. Yeah. The Titans could pick as low as eighth and as high as three with a loss. What motivation do they have to win? <clears throat> I just don't think it's worth them to spoil the Jag season and going from possibly like a four or a five all the way down to an eight. Honestly, I know you may not think that that's a lot, but that is a lot in terms of rebuilding your franchise. Uh, I think that with the Jags, their motivation and where they're at minus five and a half is a good number. I don't love it, but I like it. I was going to record and say I wanted to bet Jags last week because I said on the podcast, if Trevor Lawrence, I think I thought he was going to play. He didn't play. I texted Travis on Sunday morning. I said, are you going to bet Jags? He said, no, they fucking crushed. We should have bet them. They're three and a half on Sunday morning. They're three and a half on Sunday morning. Um, I just saw the situation that they had been playing in. And then I guess it took time for them to be like, oh, fuck. We could not make the playoffs or whatever it is. And then they kind of locked in. And not and to mention, I'm sure, this... I'm sure. Go ahead. I'm sorry, I'm sure. I'm sure Doug Peterson has a, a bonus to win the division. Like, got to oh. be some sort of bonus in there. Yeah. So right. he's he's going to get his team up. Trevor Lawrence, I saw, was limited today in practice. I th- I think he plays. Um, he has to play with the. Yeah, he has to play. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Next. Um, I'll go next. Ethan might have his pick. Mine's on Sunday, obviously, at noon. I like Tampa Bay minus four and a half. Same scenario that Travis talked about with, with Jacksonville at minus five and a half. This is – they're playing Carolina. They have to win this game. It's a win-and-in scenario. Again, the four and a half is a big number, but they laid an egg last week. when We we bet on them last week. They laid a fucking egg. Um, I don't think they do that against Carolina. Carolina literally – I mean, they don't have – C.J. Beathard. What? They just lost to C.J. Beathard. Well, that wasn't yeah. CJ Beathard. That was the, no the Beathard. Panthers did. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I thought you were talking about Bucks. Yeah. What the fuck talking about? Um, no, I like I like Bucks minus four and a half just for the simple scenario of winning in, let's dominate and have a good foot for I, I almost said you said kind of a big spread. I almost think this is a rat line, and I and I literally wrote in my notes. I said rat line. Don't care. Bucks by thirty. And I'm not, yeah. they're obviously not going to win by 30, but this, this line to me, I thought this line would be at like eight and a half because I know the bucks, the way they looked last week. Sure. It's the Panthers and it's the bucks with the division on the line. They're going to yeah. come to play the Panthers. I get it. They don't technically have any reason to lose because they don't have their number one pick. Um, but what <laughs> motivation do they have to win is I think another factor in this game. And the bucks have all the motivation in the world. 
So four and a half does not scare me at all. Seven and a half might have scared me a little bit. Four and a half does not. Let's gotcha. look at let's look at who is on the side of the favorite team. You have probably one of the most competitive gamer guys out there, Baker Mayfield. This dude is going to come to play. He didn't come to play last week. I think they kind of thought that it was an easier matchup than what they had anticipated, and they got the doors blown off. Shit happens. This week, not going to happen. Ethan. Yep. Your last yeah, I don't really game. have many left because I had the Texans and I had the Bucks, but I do have um, I have technically two more picks. I have one that I like. I have one that I just threw in here. Um, it was a game that did not matter. I will talk about that last. Um, the last game that I, I have that I like is the Vikings at the Lions game. I know technically this game doesn't necessarily matter, but it does because the Lions are battling for a two. The Vikings technically are battling for a playoff spot, though I think they have zero chance in hell. Um, and that is why I have the Lions minus three and a half. I think that that two seed, Dan Campbell, wanting to fight for that position, wanting to fight for the home playoff, you get an opportunity to play a seven seed that could very well be the Packers and getting to play them for the third time this season, having that upper hand of seeing that team before, I think will motivate them enough to win this game by more than a field goal. Um, I also just think that they're the better team in general. If Jaron Hall starts again, um, I don't know if he will. I don't know if they've named Mullins. Nick the Mullins. It is Mullins. Um, yeah. I still think either way, though, like just we've seen what the Vikings have done ever since Kirk Cousins went down. And we also know that Hawkinson is not playing and how bad they looked without him on the field last week. Um, the Lions are also at home. We know Jared Goff in a dome is a different person. Um, well, let's let's go back to last week and what happened to them. I can only imagine that Dan Campbell is going to bring his team out, out from blood against – I don't care. Yep. I know they're not playing the Cowboys, but they got hosed. So they say, hey – He's going he's gonna to be on their ass. I can only imagine, hey, let's go out. Let's beat this team by 30 and do yep. our job to keep that two seed. If we don't, whatever. Yeah, I agree. So, like all right, it. I'll go into my last pick. And this is a pick that I had alluded to earlier, which a person gets $2 million bonus on the line just for having going out and playing his game. I know he needs some other things to happen, but it's Seahawks minus two and a half. Um, this is one of my favorite picks. Like I'd mentioned, Gino playing for a lot. They play the The Cardinals. Cardinals. Uh, Even if the Packers win, they play at the same time, so they won't know that you got to go out there, you do your job, not scoreboard watch. Pete Carroll, knowing him, they probably won't even allow them to show the score of the Packers game because of that reason. Um, Also, same situation as the Titans. It's meaningless for the Cardinals. Right now they have the number four pick. If they win – They could be as low as number seven, but they could also be as high as number two. They're targeting a guy. They want to change their franchise. You think you want to go out and lose this game. We've talked about how Geno Smith is not the guy in Seattle to lead this team that makes their team perform better, but the game means more for them, so I like Seattle minus two and a half. Yes, Arizona's coming off a big big upset win over Philly. Um, And it fucked them. It fucked them hard. They should not have won that game. Do you realistically think? Do you think they're going to get rid of Kyler Murray? No, well, but you're talking that, but about possibly Marvin yeah. Harrison Jr. being yeah. on your team. That's what I was going to say too. You, and you need a wide receiver in that in that sure. uh, franchise right now. So but yes, yeah, I don't, I don't I don't hate that pick at all. You know, Seattle's got got to do some stuff there. So um, I like I that. In, uh, I intentionally left off the 
Seahawks Cardinals and the Falcons Saints game because I didn't want to root for teams that could potentially knock out the Packers. However, if there was a game that I was going to bet on, it would be the Seahawks minus two and a half. That to me feels like the easiest bet of the week. I just couldn't bring myself to root for a team that could knock us out of the playoffs. But yes, I like the pick. Yeah. Like that too. I have one more. It's a meaningless game means nothing. Um, it's the Broncos at the Raiders. I like the under of 38. You got Jarrett Siddham and Aiden O'Connell, who can't run. Aiden O'Connell's gone awful, man. Any more inept of an offense than you can even fucking look at on, on, on a screen. Divisional game, two shitty offenses, teams playing for nothing. Under 38 to me. I love it. There are 10 quarterbacks in the league that aren't starting on a roster that could take Aiden O'Connell's spot and do better. Oh, 100%. 100%. 10 was being generous. I was yeah. going to say, so, yeah. So <laughs> under 38, I mean, it's, it's, I think it's an easy bet there. Yeah. And this one hurts me because like the Raiders, this could be, this could have been a game that they had everything to play for. And then they went out last week and just laid a fucking goose egg and looked like an awful team. They had Devontae Adams is not going to be motivated. They're not going to bring back Josh Jacobs because he was out last week. There's no reason to play him this week. Let him get healthy. Like, there's there's no way that these teams well, score John, points. Josh Higgins, Josh Higgins is a free agent. What is what is the Raiders interim coach name? Pierce, Anthony Pierce, Antonio, Antonio, Antonio. Sorry, it's Anthony. The the <laughs> motherfucking lack that dude has fucking print balls. Okay, you have a game to win that you need to win to go to the playoffs, and he punts four times. On fourth down on the Colts 45. What are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? I understand. I understand like one or two, maybe, but like you said, four times it's egregious. It's egregious. Yeah. You're not trying to win at that point. Well, especially in today's NFL. Like there's so many analytics that say go for it in situations like that. And the dude just did not want to pull the trigger. So naturally, this week we'll get him go for it. Oh, yeah. Denver getting it on the 50 yard line and scoring three <laughs> touchdowns in a row to hit yeah, the over. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I, you you got to take it. I mean, it's just, oh, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. It's a good one. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll go into my last one. Nobody has to like it. I just saw it stuck out to me. Um, it's the Browns at the Bengals. The Bengals are six and a half point favorites. The Browns are sitting everyone and their brother. Um, yeah, they, I really like the Bengals minus six and a half here. Get, get something to play for. They lost Joe Burrow kind of some pride in being able to just win a division game at the end of the season when you really don't have a whole lot to play for Jake Browning can go out there and just sling it and have a good time. Um, the Browns are, they, they are going to move the ball without Flacco in the majority of their offense. Um, and I think that a majority of their defense probably will at least sit some of the game because of how good that defense is. And you want to make sure that's intact for the playoffs. Um, so a touchdown, I know it's a big spread, but I think the Bengals just go out there and they just, they just fucking sling the ball. I like it. I, you got to give a testament to Zach Taylor for having a team that was competing for a playoff spot up until the second last week of the season with a quarterback that was undrafted in Jake Browning. Um, they're still solid. They got a, they got a lot of good pieces. I don't know if Jamar Chase plays. I don't, I don't, don't anticipate him to play. What I like in this game is whatever T. Higgins' yards are over because that motherfucker's playing for a contract next year because he will not be in Cincinnati. He's a free agent. He's going to go somewhere yep. else and be. He'll be a wide receiver, receiver one. Yep. 
We sure as hell didn't play like it last week because he was the only one in my parlay that didn't hit. All he needed was 35 yards, and he had 19. Yeah. Uh, saying if Jamar Chase that game on New Year's, if Jam- yeah, if Jamar Chase doesn't play, then I like T. Higgins to go off ham sandwich. But I don't like I don't hate the pick at all, Ethan. Bengals minus six and a half. So I just hate how big the number is. I get, yeah, I mean it's touchdown. The Browns aren't playing anyone. The one thing I do think about this Bengals team, though, which kind of sucks about that with. Uh, Joe Burrow getting hurt and it is it has kind of made that locker room kind of a hot mess mm-hmm. like Jamar Chase is pissed a lot of people aren't happy with you know their role in the team and it's just kind of turned it's, I, I feel like it's yeah. almost set the Bengals back a little bit Bengals windows closing for sure because they paid Joe Burrow that massive contract it's 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 Patrick Mahomes scenario where like you had a small window Joe Burrow getting hurt this year definitely hurt him I think if Joe Burrow's healthy, I think they're probably competing for a division. I think the AFC North would be fucking ridiculous right now if Joe Burrow's healthy. Um, oh, so, sure. you know what's be, gonna be dumb though is T. Higgins is gonna leave, and they're gonna draft Romo Dunze at like the 18 spot. Here you go. If Joe Burrow's <laughs> healthy, the Bills don't make the playoffs. Oh no! Way. Oh, 100%. Wait, not a shot, not a yeah. shot in hell. Yeah, not a shot in hell. Not a shot. Thanks, hell. thanks, Joe oh. Burrow. Yeah, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta. <laughs> I know none of us have official pick in it. We've got to talk about it. Last game of the regular season. I know what Ethan likes. Ethan likes the Dolphins plus three. I know I know he does. <laughs> he does because we talked about it on New Year's Eve because we were talking yep. about the line. He goes, what? The Bills are yeah. favored by three? Yep. Man, it's so hard, and it's a big bounce-back spot. Everyone's dogging on the Dolphins after last week, and yep. it kind of makes me a little bit mad. I'm dogging the Dolphins after last week, but I can because I'm a fan. Let's not act like a lot of these contender teams haven't dropped a bad game. What do yeah. you have to play for when you're down 20 points and in going in the late third, fourth quarter? What do you like? What's your motivation to make the game close? And I feel like all these guys like road. Stephen A. Smith. I fucking hate Stephen A. Smith. First of all, he said he was discussed with the Dolphins. Travis, I I talked to I talked myself about about this. The game completely changed on two different plays. And it just kind of snowballed from there. When we let up the third and eighteen, we were up seven nothing. Had the had the Ravens on third and eighteen. Let the first down. They go down and score a touchdown. Fine, it's seven seven. Then Tyree Kill drops a touchdown pass, and we would we would have gone up fourteen seven. So we kick a field goal, and then from there it's kind of snowballed. If the Dolphins force that that three and out, and then we go down, and Tyree Kill doesn't drop that touchdown pass. We're up fourteen nothing. It would have been a completely different game. So let's not act like I know the score was egregious. It was bad. Whatever. Decisions were made. The Bills have beaten the Easton Stick-led Chargers and the Bailey Zappi-led Patriots by a combined eight points in the last two weeks. Them being favorites in Miami is fucking ridiculous. Insane. I agree. No, I mean, I hear you. It's just hard to – it's hard to take – the Dolphins. It's hard to take either side. I will. I will root for the Dolphins. I'll probably end up taking them, just being stupidly. I yep. wouldn't advise it for for those who don't have a rooting interest in it. Um, yep. Just because I like to get my heart broken simultaneously <laughs> by losing money and the hope. Uh, but Tua has proven to me this year in all the most important games that he doesn't have what it takes. It's the entire team. It's the entire team. It's not just Tua. I mean, it's the, the defense 
fell on their fucking face last week so bad. Um, but there's been games where the defense stands tall and the offense lets them down. Mike McDaniel lets them down. I mean, obviously this team has has a playoff spot locked up. I am fully anticipating, and I would bet on two losses in a row from this Miami Dolphins team. I disagree because I think I think if you're going to call me crazy, I would love to win the division and get the two seed. I think us losing, get the six seed, and going to Kansas City, that's a fucking that's a, not easy. I would like that more than winning and playing the Bills at home. Yeah, oh, 100. If, if if we come down to it and the Steelers have lost and like the Bills have a playoff spot locked up before the game even goes into it, lose it. I'm just like, yeah, fucking lose, lose it. it. Let's go to Kansas. Bet on the Bills. Yep. Yeah, I was seriously. about to say, I don't know if you guys knew that. I figured you did, but I was like, there's a there's a very good chance that you're playing the Bills back to back weeks, and I don't know if you want that. No, you don't. Oh yeah, we just you... talked about this earlier, and not only that, but that gives me and Jared a chance to go watch the Dolphins in a playoff game. True, home state. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep, but I would I still would love to if 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 the Steelers win and everything falls in the place where the Bills are winning in and losing out. Yeah, great. I'd love to get the two seed, lock it up. Like to Travis's point, it's gonna be hard for me not to bet on the Dolphins. I think Jalen Waddle is gonna sack up and play this week. I think the almost anyone on the offensive side of the ball who's not season-ending injury, Connor Williams. Isaiah Wynn on the offensive line. I think Robert Hunt suits up this week. It helps up the interior offensive line. I think the offense is there. I don't think Xavier Howard's going to play. Jerome Baker, I think, is going to be back, which Travis, that's huge because Duke Riley was horrible last week. Um, yes. Jerome Baker practiced today. Um, Marginally so, better, but not much. Better in coverage, for sure. Better in coverage, for sure. I, it's, it's tough. Uh, I just I don't have a lot of hope. And this no. team in big games, I just don't. It's it's sad. I just it's better to not get my hopes up and laugh about the embarrassment than it is to get my hopes up and get mad about the embarrassment. Yeah, I'm I'm going to the game Sunday night with low expectations, but as a fan of a team, and Ethan, like if the Packers, I mean, I know that they've been in this scenario numerous times. You can't ask for a lot more. Last week of the season, you're getting the last primetime game of the year to win the division. Like it's, it's a very, to me, it's a very exciting time to be a fan because Travis, we've come from some dark days of Dolphins fandom when we were Brian Flores, five and 11 fucking um, Adam Gase losing. Like that dude had a real good defense last week, by the way. Who did? Oh, (laughs) Brian Flores. Oh yeah. 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 So we'll say we talked about it two weeks ago. When it, when I mentioned it on here on the podcast that the Dolphins were like minus two ten to win the division, the Bills were plus two fifty. You could have gotten them then. How good does that look going into this game now that they're favorites plus two fifty to win the division? I agree. We'll see how it plays out. I think we are all on the boat that I think the them being three point favorites is a little egregious considering how they played. I think I think Vegas is still riding the coattails of that Dallas blowout game. I really think they are. Because the BDs, they could have lost to the Chargers. They could have lost to the Patriots last week. They got a defensive touchdown last week that saved their ass. So yeah. We'll see how it plays out. The only the only issue is that it just never seems like the Dolphins are ready to play the Bills. Hopefully they got that out of the way last week, but it always seems was, like that. I was gonna say 
I, I, yes and no, because last year wasn't the case. Last year we beat them in Miami, barely lost to them in Buffalo to end the year, and then barely lost to them in Buffalo in the playoffs with a third string quarterback. Right. But almost every game that really matters, team's just not prepared enough. And we'll see this week. Um, Mike McDaniel has a lot to prove after that horrible loss last week. If they come out on Sunday night and it's not that competitive, there's a lot of shit up in the air for the Miami Dolphins. Okay. Yes, but everyone calling for his job I think is insane. Back-to-back playoff appearances, back-to-back – I mean, not I mean, calling he's... for his job, but again, things will need to change. You got to look at things a little differently. You got to approach things a little differently in big games because it seems like every big game, and we've talked about this outside of the Cowboys game, every big game he's not ready for. He's not. And he's a young head coach. I agree. I will say, I'll leave it, I'll leave it at this. This is how successful the Dolphins were this year. There's only been. Five teams ever, five teams ever, Niners this year being one of them. They were the fifth team. Before the Niners, there's four teams. To have a 4,000-yard passer and three 1,000-yard, four 1,000-yard guys from scrimmage. So the Niners, they had Purdy, CMC, Ayuk, Debo, and Kittle. The Dolphins can do that this week. They got Tua, who's over 4,000 yards, Hill, Waddle, Mostert, Achan missing six games is sixty is like sixty something yards away from getting a thousand yards from scrimmage. So and Tua can also with two hundred ninety six yards go second all time, <laughs> second all time nah, nah. in, in Dolphins single season passing yards behind Dan Marino who threw five thousand eighty four. So and Tyreek only needs two hundred and eighty three. Receiving yards to get to two thousand. Motherfucker's on a walking boot today with this with his house on fire. So I don't I don't think <laughs> my my big thing with the Dolphins, and I don't know how well this is because I don't keep up with other teams as much, obviously, is just dudes not like having the will, like nut up and play. Yeah, like, I agree. When it matters most, you gotta you gotta just suck the fuck up. And get out there and do your shit. I don't care if it's every other drive. I don't care if it's, you know, limited ability. But get the fuck out there and play the goddamn game. To your point, that's it. I, I agree, and I think that's. I, I think it's what we'll see this week. I think we'll see Rob Hunt back. I think Waddle's going to sack up and play, which is insane. Um, I think Baker's going to come back. So we'll see. Uh, be be a fun. It's a to me like being a Rams fan for twenty plus years and only seeing really one or two good teams in my lifetime that I can remember. And then being a Dolphins fan for the last almost decade now and seeing really JJ was the bright spot when we first fans. And then we had a backup quarterback going to the playoffs. Last year's fun. Two gets hurt. Backup quarterback, Thurston quarterback in the playoffs. I think it's a fun, a fun time to be a fan. It should be a fun game. I think we'll say this next, next game deal and model plays, whether it's either this Sunday or in the playoffs, uh, He will get hurt. (laughs) And we appreciate you guys listening to Dolphins Digest. Dolphins Digest. (laughs) Jesus Christ. I couldn't even get that out right. Here on Two Drunk Brothers in a Podcast. (laughs) We had we had we had to talk about it. You you had the game about it. We had to talk about it. Here you go. So we'll we'll talk 
just 30 seconds of Packers, maybe 10 seconds of Packers digest. <laughs> Jaden Reed's catches every week. Yeah, Early. except maybe this week because he got hurt last week um, and he's questionable to play. And if he doesn't, then the Packers might lose for sure because they won't have Jaden Reed, Christian Watson, or Luke Musgrave. Arguably, they're questionable. Top three pass if he's questionable, you got to send him out there. I don't care if he has a broken fucking leg, Greg Jennings. You got to <laughs> send him out there and play the fucking game. Put the team on his back, though. Aaron Jones yeah. touches next week might also might not be might, might not be a bad play, but yes. Yeah, we've got a lot. We've got a lot this week, so hopefully we can all win. Uh, keep the bowl season, finish out bowl season, the college football championship ready. Um, God, that we've got some solid NFL picks for you guys this week. We will see you next week with a roundout finale of the college football season, which was great. Maybe not so good for us betting, and then a look into the playoffs. Let's do it. We'll see you then. Peace. Peace.